We're on Dav Chav Hey Amar Aleph. It's today's Dav, page 25a. We're wrapping up a sugya. We got another few lines before we begin the next sugya. And we are up to the words, Mosiv Reb Shemaya. Um, it's about halfway down on the Amar. Chav Hey Amar Aleph, halfway down the Amar. Today's Dav also is uh, quite a shorter Dav. So hopefully we'll be able to get a little bit of, of uh, a head start on to tomorrow's daf. We'll see. See how, uh, if it goes smooth with the explanation. And we're up to the words, Masav Rav Shmaya. If you're looking for the place, it's right in the middle of the Yomud. If you see Taisvis, Dibur HaMaschel Malaklai HaKerem, and you move across into the Gemara, and down one line, you'll see Masav Rav Shmaya. Rav Shmaya asked a challenging question. Do we all have the place? Okay. Hamavir Otsitz Nakov Bekerem. A person who carries a Otsitz Nakov Bekerem. Now, for whatever reason, there are some words in English that have become very yeshivish. And you speak yeshivish, so it's a mixture, as the famous saying goes, as the famous song says. It's a mixture of Hebrew, Yiddish, English, all three languages. It's like a, it's like a new language. That's yeshivish language. One of the English words in yeshivish language is a perforated flower pot. It's a very yeshivish expression. It's fascinating. Because of this sugya called an otzitznokov. An otzitznokov, no matter what vocabulary a yeshivish guy will have, they know that otzitznokov is a perforated flower pot. Maybe we don't know what perforated means. But it's called a perforated flower pot. Okay. Rabiel, you're just joining us. We're in the middle of Dav Chafei Yamar Aleph. We're just starting. We're up to Masiv. Masiv Rav Shemaya. Masiv Rav Shemaya, middle of Chafei Yamar Aleph. So we have the perforated flower pot. Now, what's unique about the perforated flower pot is one of the miraculous things in Hashem's creation is that when a flower pot has holes on bottom, even when you lift it up above the ground, the air in between the ground and the flower pot since it's perforated it the the flower pot takes in nutrition from the ground through the air which leads to some fascinating um what's the proper word for this fascinating circumstances within Hilchas Shabbos are you allowed to move a flower pot that's in your house, on your front porch, by a windowsill. If it's really true, which it is in halacha, that air transfers nutrition from ground into flower pots, well, when I'm moving the flower pot and I'm lifting it higher or lower, I'm changing its nutrition abilities, which leads to some fascinating halachic discussions. And one that a person, Allah Lamaisa, needs to be careful about. So here's what happened. A person carries a perforated flower pot with wheat through a vineyard. Now we know that you're not allowed to plant wheat in a vineyard. And it's a perforated flower pot and I'm, I'm carrying it through the air of a vineyard. I got a problem now. Because it's taking in the soil of grapes. 
So the halacha is as follows. Im haisif masayim aser. If one two hundredth of the growth of the wheat in the flower pot took place during its time that it was carried through the vineyard, aser, it's considered kalayim. Meaning, you know, we have in kosher, in kashras, batal b'shishim. Something's nullified in 60. By kalayim, it has to be nullified in 200. So if it's more than one two hundredths or one two hundredths of the growth took place through a perforated flower pot, it's going to be aser, it's a problem. Haisif in. It seems only if it grew a 200th do you have an issue. Loi haisif lo. If it did not grow a 200th, there's no issue. So you see that there's limitations to how usser, you know, what makes this uh, flower pot with wheat inside of it usser. Okay. Now, th- this is a question. Why? Because what Rabshmaya is asking, if we recall yesterday, the end of the sugya, we said that if you have a plant that's there prior, um, it's going to be, even if you start a plant beforehand, it's going to become usher once it takes root. From over here, you see that you can have clium even without taking root. Even if it got its nutrition through being a perforated flower pot without any roots actually taking form, we see that there can still be isser. That is why Rav Shmaya is asking a question. Omar Rava, Rava says, Trey Kroy Ksivi. He says, I'll answer you by stating the following. There seemed to be a contradiction in Psukim in the Torah. Ksiv Hazara, it says, you're not allowed to plant seed. Uksiv Hamaleya, and it says, you're not allowed to plant Klayim of growth. Haketzad. Is it the seed before it even grows that's an issue? Or is it the growth that's an issue? Haketzad. How do these two verses pan out with each other? Zarua me'ikaroi behashrasha. He says, I'll tell you. If it was planted with seed in the vineyard, then taka. It becomes klayim as soon as there are shirashim, as soon as there are roots. Zarua uba, let's say it was already planted, and then I'm bringing a planted thing in a perforated flower pot into the vineyard, then it's not a matter of roots. Haisif in. Then it's a matter of bit again a two hundredth of growth. Haisif in. If it grew a two hundred, then it's going to be klayim, it's going to be a problem. If it didn't gain a 200th, then you're not going to have an issue. Memela, both Rav Shemaya's question is answered and the contradiction in verses are answered. Why? Let's just repeat to reiterate. Rav Shemaya says, from yesterday we learned it has to take root in order to be client. But we have the... the um, Brisa about the uh, the Mishnah about the perforated flower pot that it's usher even without taking root. Ay, Kasha. The answer is no. The two verses in the Torah state that there's two ways for something to become klayim. If it's becoming klayim through planting, 
then it's a matter of root. It's becoming Klayim through being in the same airspace as a vineyard, then it's a matter of 200. Therefore, there's no contradiction. Both halachas are actually true. Sholem al Yisrael. Here we go. One two hundredth of the of the current growth of the plant. So if I had one hundred ninety nine, uh, uh, one hundred ninety nine parts of its growth took place bekashrus, and now one part took place the, of growth took place in a in a situation where it's receiving nutrition through the air of a vineyard, then it's going to be usher. It's going to be considered client. End of that sugya. Brand new sugya. This is going to take us for the rest of the daf. Now, it's going to, this is this is a, a whole change. It's going to be a lot easier, actually, as far as keeping cheshbonus is a, a lot easier, and that we're going to get into the headspace of a yid. The headspace of a yid. A lot. This is going to be a lot more what we will call tiras uh, chayim for us. Every tiras tiras chayim, but the tiras chayim of like. Of, of what we're used to, you know, how to really the application of it, what to do as a yid, this sugi is going to bring out for us. Here we go. Omar of Yaakov, Omar of Yechanan, Rabbi Yaakov says in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, if you have something that's forbidden to benefit from, you're still allowed to use it as medicine. I can't enjoy it. When I'm not allowed to benefit, it means I can't enjoy it. But if I need it to be healed, there's no problem. Except for Atzei Asherah. Now at this stage, the Gemara is understanding that Atzei Asherah is a tree that is not Avaydazara itself necessarily. It's even a, a tree that's set aside to be used for Avaydazara. Meaning even if I'm going to chop down this Asherah tree for a fire to serve the Avaydazara. It doesn't have to be an Avaydazara itself. Okay? So you're allowed to benefit from prohibited things in a way of medicine, besides for the Atsi Says the Gemara, what's the case? If we're dealing with anything that's life threatening, there's a Sakana. Now, many of us are going to might jump, but even in Atsi even Zara, you should be allowed to save your life with. Now, many of us are probably thinking, what? Isn't Avaidazara one of the things you have to give your life up for? Right? The answer is this Gemara that we're about to go through. Okay? We know that from this Gemara, but let's get there. So it says the Gemara like this. If there's a danger to your life, anything should be allowed. And the reason why we think anything should be allowed is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu writes in his Torah that my mitzvahs are given to you V'chai bohem, to live by. I'm giving you my mitzvahs to live. And if a person's not living, because they're dead, you can't keep the mitzvahs. So, Hashem wants us to live. You're not allowed to give up your life. The, and therefore, of course, even in Asheri, you should be allowed to lose. Uh, you should be allowed to use for medicine. And if there's no danger here, why am I allowed to use something that's prohibited to benefit as medicine? I'm not in danger. Why can I use anything? I can't use it. There's no danger here. 
says Gemara, we're dealing with a life-threatening situation. But still, you cannot use in a life-threatening situation. Why not the Tanya? Let's go. How is a Yid supposed to view things, how we're supposed to live and be dedicated to HaKadosh Baruch We learned in a Bryce. Rabbi Yezer Aymer. Rabbi Yezer says, we say in the Kriyashma, says to serve Hashem with your entire soul. If somebody were to walk up to you and say, show me where it says that a person has to be Meiser Nefesh or Kiddush Hashem, what's the source? The answer is, Bechol Nafshecha. We have to give up our Nefesh for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If it says Bechol Nafshecha, however, Lama Namar Bechol Why does it say you have to serve Hashem with all your uh, with all your ma'id. Ma'id means your money, your energy, all the resources that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends your way, you have to serve Hashem with. Well, if I already know that I have to give up my life for Hashem, why do you got to tell me I have to serve Hashem b'chol ma'idecha? Of course. And if it says b'chol ma'idecha, I got to give everything up. My life, my energy, my money. There are some people whose bodies are more beloved than their money. So to them, to them it says, oh, you love him more. So you got to give up your body for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There are some people that money is more beloved than their body. Interestingly, we just learned a couple of weeks ago when Yaakov went, get, went back to get the Pachim Ketanim, Tzadikim are amongst these people whose money is more beloved to them than their bodies. Therefore it says, Bechol Ma'idecha. There's a there's a Maisa brought down of Sholon Shadron. Said that when he was a six year old boy, there was a blacksmith who was pounding away late at night, schwitzing away, and he mused to the young Rab Shalom Shadron. He says to him, Shalomke, when I was young, I gave up my health for to earn all the money in the world. And now at my age, I'm willing to give up all the money in the world for my health. Depends what st- stage of life a person's in, right? We have, uh, the, the views change. But we also know, without getting too deep into the sugya, that tzaddikim view money that Hashem sends them as an achrayis. It's a responsibility. And that's why they love money. They love money because they realize it's not my money, it's Hashem's money. And the same way, if I'm the treasurer of a shul, and a dollar falls on the floor. Rabbi Victor Miller has a whole shtickle on this. They put these out in shul. David probably remembers this. Yeah, if I'm a treasurer of a shul, or I run a charity, or a person's the head of the Department of Treasury of the United States, and he starts throwing dollar bills out the window, you say to the guy, what's your, what's your problem? Right? Even if he loses 20 cents, he's achra, he's responsible. Who are you to lose 20 cents? Tzadikim understands, if Hashem sends them money, who am I to waste 20 cents? It's not my money, it's the Ebishter's money. I care, I love that money, I care about that money, not because I'm stingy, not because I'm into money, but Tzadikim love their money because they know that if Hashem gave it to me, this is something I need, and my way to Hashem, it's a deposit, and I have to guard it. The same way, I'm, any treasure has to guard tzedakah, I need to protect things that Hashem sent my way. But be it as it may, this is a tremendous lesson in that 
a person is obligated to um, give up their life in the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, besides for these scenarios. Again, so let's see what, what did we learned so far in the sugya. We had a question, are you in danger or not? If you're in danger, of course you, you give yourself medicine no matter what. If you're not in danger, you can't use any iser. The answer is no. We're dealing with a danger, and even when you're in danger, you're not allowed to use atzei asherah because that's one of the things that a person is obligated to give up his life for to not, to not make use of an avaydazar. Once we spoke about that, we're going to continue talking about forbidden things that you may or may not use for healing. He also Rabbin Amar Rabbi Yechanan. When Rabbin came, he quoted Rabbi Yechanan. A person could use anything he wants to be healed. Except for Rabbi Dezara. If you say to somebody, person's very sick, say to somebody, oh, the way for you to be healed is if you use this Rabbi Dezara, whatever it is, can't do it. You're not allowed to do it. Vigili Arias. And Gili Arias. Yeah, forbidden. Uh, forbidden relationships. If a person, uh, a doctor says, oh, if you want to be healed, you have to have a relationship with this forbidden person. You're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to be healed in that way. Ushvichas damim and murder. Okay? Somebody says to me, I'm going to kill you if you don't kill Yankul. Allah is, I'm not allowed to kill Yankul. I can't kill Yankul. I could kill the guy who's telling me to kill Yankul. Because he's a right there. But I, if he says to me, tell me, I'll shoot you unless you kill Yankul. I can't kill Yankul. Who am I to do that? You have to give up your life for Avedazara, Shrikas Domim, and Gilead Rais. What's the source? How do we know? If the Torah says, if Hashem says, I gave you the Torah to live by, how do I know? What's the excuse to die for these three things? Akash Baruch doesn't want us to die. Then we can't keep Torah mitzvahs. Says the Gemara. We already spoke about When a person um, um, marries a Nara takes a young maiden who already had Arison, not Nasuan, she had the first step of marriage, not the second stage of marriage, but she is already a married woman. Or he murders somebody else. What is the Allah of murder? have to do with taking a Nara Murasa, a woman who has Arison, Hareza Balalamid, it comes to teach us Venim Solama. It's coming to teach us, and in, you know, sometimes people say, Oh, I came to teach and I ended up learning. Okay, that's what it means over here. It came to teach, but I end up learning. Now the Gemara right now is cryptic, so let's keep reading to understand. Makish Murasa, the fact that the halakhas of murder and Naramurasa are together means we should make a hekish. We should compare their halakhas. Just like a Nara Amurasa, if you see a woman who's being forced into something, you're allowed to kill the woman who, the, you're allowed to kill the man who is assaulting that woman. So too by a Reitzayach, um, the, you're, you're, you're not allowed to kill that other person. You're obligated to give up a life. You know, you could kill the killer, the guy who's threatening to kill, but that's it. It doesn't go past that. The Nara Murasa and now that we learned up Reitzayach from Nara Murasa, you can also learn up Nara Murasa from Reitzayach. How so? 
my Ritzeach Yaharig Val Yavar. Just like by a Ritzeach, if somebody says, Tell them to kill Yankul or I'll kill you, the Allah is, I have to allow myself to be killed. I'm not allowed to kill Yankul. Afnara Murasa to Arig Vehau Yavar. So too by Anara Murasa, if a person has the opportunity and is being forced to violate a Naira Hamurasa, a woman who's married, uh, she has Erisin already, the halacha is Yoharig al Savar, I must allow myself to be killed and not transgress the Giloy Arayas. Says the Gemara, Ushvichas Damim Gufe Minola. How do you know that Shvichas Damim, spilling blood, murdering itself, how do I know that? You're not allowed to kill Yankel. If somebody says, oh, I'll kill you unless you kill Yankel. How do you can't kill Yankel? Svarahu says the Gemara, basic logic. Somebody came in front of Rava. And he said, The king of my dira, the place where I dwell, said to me, Go kill that dude. Kill that guy, and if not, I'll kill you. What am I supposed to do? He asked Rava. My life's in danger. Omar Lay. So um, Rava says to him, Lekitluch, Velay Sikta. You got to let yourself be killed. My chaz is dummy dog, some How do you know your blood is any redder than the other guys? It's always forbidden for a Yid to kill somebody unless it's an act of either self-defense or defense of another Jew. Somebody's pointing a gun at another Jew, I can kill the potential murderer. But if he tells me to kill somebody, I can kill him. I'm not allowed to kill that, uh, that other person. Why, says the Gemara, Svaru. Svaru. Who says that, uh, the other guys, that your blood is any uh, holier, any redder than the other guys? Okay. Let's continue on this topic of using prohibited things. Mar Baravashi Ashkele Ravina. Mar Baravashi found Ravina. Deshayifla Lebrite Beguharke de Arla. He was wiping um, Arla oil from uh, oil from Arla olives on his daughter's skin to help her heal. Now Arla is forbidden to uh, um, eat and to benefit from, yet. Um, Mar Baravashi found Ravina uh, benefiting in a, in a way of medicine for his daughter. Omar Lay. So Mar Baravashi says to Ravina, This that you're allowed to use something prohibited and benefit with medicine, that's when there's danger. Yeah, your daughter's not really in danger. Apparently, it wasn't like a dangerous type of ailment. If your daughter's not in danger, who says you're allowed to benefit with medicine of Arla? Uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to use Arla for medicine. Who says? There's no real danger. Amrlai. Ravina said back to him, My daughter has fever, and fever is dangerous. Okay? Now, um, the what the limud right here is, is that we know that the same way on Shabbos you're allowed to do something what we call chil Shabbos. Not really chil Shabbos because built into hilchah Shabbos is to be mechal Shabbos for this. I'm actually keeping Shabbos when it comes to 
saving a life, right? Uh, you go to the hospital. Allah is you're allowed to go to the hospital to save a limb as well. Okay? It's not just a life-threatening scenario. A person uh, breaks an arm, breaks a leg. You know, you have to get it checked out. It needs to be reset. Allah is you're allowed to go take care of it. The same way you're allowed to take care of an external limb, you're allowed to take care of internal limbs. Okay? So, somebody's uh, lungs are bothering them, their kidney, whatever, their inside, anywhere their insides. You know, unless we're doctors, we don't know exactly, you know, what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, what does it feel like? I don't know. It feels like my insides want to be on my outsides. You know, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the uh, ultimate issue. So, he's saying that when the halacha that we're coming out with over here is where a person's taka running a very high fever, the, it's mutter to take care of your internal organs on Shabbos the same way it's mutter to take care of your noticeable and external organs on Shabbos. Ikad Amri, another way to learn the story of what happened, Amar Le Ravina says to me, that the reason why I'm allowed to uh, use this on my daughter is because I'm doing it with a shinoi. And since I'm using a shinoi, it's allowed. Itmar, we learned if a person fascinating sugya, this is going to take us the this is going to take us uh, the next little bit. A person who is getting hanaa against his will, getting hanaa against his will. I.e., there's certain music that's forbidden to listen to. There are certain sounds that are forbidden to listen to. There are certain smells that are forbidden to have. But sometimes you're forced into it. You're forced to be in a doctor's office when they're playing this. You're forced to walk to a uh, uh, place that you're going to pass by certain billboards and signs that uh, a person needs to be careful about watching their eyes and not looking at things. A person might pass by uh, a restaurant that's selling uh, forbidden foods that are also forbidden to benefit from, and it smells amazing. Right? Right? A person who's put into a situation, they're getting hana against their will. They're getting hana. So let's talk about this for a moment. What is the focus? If Menachem Tendler is put into this situation, or any of us, Rib Jim, Rib Isaac Lovell, Rib Baron, Rib Yel, Rib David, Rib Simcha, Rib Howard, Rib Sam, Rib Jonathan, all of us, is the main idea that I can't get Hanna'ah? Or is the focus on could this have been avoided? What's the main thrust of what makes this mutter or usr? Is it the ultimate Hanna'ah or is it whether it can, it can or cannot have been avoided? And let's explain, let's keep reading the Gemara. So here we go. I'm going to go back that, to read that line again. If a person gains benefit, but they're in that situation against their will. Abai says, you're fine. Chill out. Mutter. Rava says, it's still Asr. Now, it says the Gemara like this. Efshar, if the person could have circumvented that situation, I didn't need to do go there, do that. All right, I ended up there. It was a choice. And now that I chose to go there, I actually am enjoying it. I am intentionally enjoying it. 
What would you say the Allah is? Probably usher, right? You could have got around this. You, you chose to be there in the first place. And now that you're and, and now that you're even chose to be there, you're choosing to, to like focus on it and to get benefit. Okay. So that you listen, Tenla, there's no excuse. You know what I mean? I mean you put yourself into that situation where it, it's usher to benefit. You could have you didn't have to be there in the first place. And now that you're there, you're like choosing to benefit? Come on. Or what about this situation? Layefshir. What about if I'm forced to be there? I couldn't have not come here. I must be here. I'm going to a doctor's appointment. I need to be here. Become a chavi. Now that I'm here, I'm, yeah, you know, I might as well enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to smell that. I'm going to... In both these scenarios, everybody's in agreement. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. What about Loy Efshar? What about if I was forced to go to this place? Veloy Machavin, and I have no intent to benefit. Loy Efshar Veloy Machavin. When it was impossible, but I don't have Kavana, meaning I need to be there. I'm not having Kavana to enjoy this. This is just what's going on around me. So Kuliyamalai Pliki Dishari. Everybody agrees there's no problem whatsoever. That's certainly allowed. In your case, no problem. I need to be there. That's not my intent. It's something got thrown in my face. As I is finished. Where's there a machlaikas? What happened was I could have not gone here, meaning I put myself into this situation. But now that I'm there, I didn't need to go there. But now that I'm there, I'm also not particularly there to benefit. I'm not intending to benefit. Okay? It was Efshir. I didn't need to be here, but I'm also like a Machavin. Now, according to Rav Yehuda, who old is Usr, so then this would also be Usr. Because even though it's not my intent to benefit, intent doesn't matter, according to Rav Yehuda. Then it's certainly going to be Usr anyway. See, if I, if I could, because according to Rav Yehuda, the main thing is, could I have avoided this or not? According to him, since I could have avoided being in this scenario, I just did an Aver. Even though I'm not intending to benefit. I, could, I didn't need to be here. It's an Avera for choosing to be here. That's Rabbi Yehuda's emphasis. That's his thrust. Key plegi. So where is there a machlaikas? I'll leave it to Rabbi Shimon. Remember, there's a psaq of Rabbi Shimon we learned in Shabbos and in Psachim about a davar shenem miskav in his mutter. Rabbi Shimon holds if I have no intent to, uh, you know, I'm dragging something across the floor, I'm walking across the grass, and I end up ripping up grass on Shabbos. It wasn't my intent to do that. So it's not an Avera, says Rabbi Shimon. So too over here. According to him, who says, Mutter, he says, listen, yes, it was Efshir. I didn't need to be here. But since I'm also not having Kavana, I'm still not transgressing. So Abai Kriv Shimon, Abai is going to hold like Rav Shimon, who says, Dabar Shemin Miskavin is Mutter. That was the original thing of Abaye. But Rava Omar and Rava is going to say, Ad Khan Lekama Rav Shimon, Hasa. Um, where did Rav Shimon say, that a davar shemes kavin is mutter. That's ella hecha delay efsher. Also, this that you that davar shemes kavin is mutter is when you had no other option. You have to do this if it's not your intent. Beseder, aval hecha de efsher light. But maybe Rishon will agree. If you could have circumvented the whole thing in the first place, and you're choosing to put yourself into this situation, maybe Ataka would be usher. That is one way to understand the machlekes between Abai and Rava. Again, they'd be arguing in Rishon's opinion. 
of a Dabar Sheinu Meskavin Mutter, does that apply when you could have circumvented the situation or not? Ika Amri. Another way to understand the Machlekes Abai in Rava is Efshar Delay Mechavin, when a person could have not been put into that situation. I didn't need to be there, but now that I'm there, I'm also not having intention. Hainu Plugtayu Dravyudur Mshimin. This actually is the Machlekes in Dravyudur and Mshimin. Lai Efshar, about whether Dabar Shein Meskavin is Mutter Asr. Lai Efshar Belaika Mechavin. If let's say I didn't have any, I didn't have any other option, I need to go to the doctor. And now that I'm there like a machavin, I'm not intending to enjoy or benefit anything. Again, in all opinions, there's going to be allowed. That's certainly allowed. Like Rabiel said, listen, you're, you, you got to go somewhere, you got to go. What gets thrown in your face, what's coming to Everybody agrees it's mutter. I'm forced to do this, but once I'm doing it, it's like, mm, ah, I'm walking through the mall, and ooh, that's the Gavaldic. That's Gavaldic. That smells so good. That forbidden smell smells so good. That thing I'm looking at. That thing I'm listening. Whatever it is. Okay, I need it to be there. Why? Because I need new glasses. Fine, so go get your glasses and walk out. You have to dafka intend to enjoy the forbidden benefit. No. So there, keep keep thinking. The loy of Shavu Kamachavin. That's a machlekes. Va'aliva the Rav Shimon and Abai and Rav are going to be arguing according to Rav Shimon the Ozel Basar Kavana. Rav Shimon says that the main thing that we focus on is not whether it was Efsha or not. Rav Shimon says the main thing that we focus on is the Kavana, right? Whether Dabar Shein and Meskavi. Kuli Amalei Pligi both Abai and Rava, who say, listen, you're having Kavana, you're walking through this place. Yes, you need to be there. But since the main idea is the Kavana and you're intentionally enjoying it, so you're not allowed to do that. Ki Pligi, where is the Machoikas Abai and Rava? I'll leave with Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that it's not about your intent, it's about whether you could have avoided that place. Rabbi Yehuda says no difference about your intent. So, what matters over here? If you could have put, if you didn't need to be in that situation in the first place, so you put yourself there, it's going to be an Aver. And Abaye, Rabbi Yehuda, Abaye who says Aser is going to be following Rabbi Yehuda and top of Chafvav Amaralev tomorrow's daf. Rabba Omar Lach, and Rabba's going to say to you, Ad Khan, like Omar, Rabbi Yehuda, Shein Miskavin, Miskavin, El Lachum, Rabbi Yehuda is only saying a Dover Shein Miskavin is like a Mechavin to be uh, strict, not to allow this scenario of a Loy Efsher become a Chavin that's allowed. No. He's saying, when he said, he's coming to be Machmir, Abba Miskavin, Kishein Miskavin, the Kula Loy, but to go ahead and say, oh, uh, you didn't need to be there. Uh, I'm sorry, you had to be there. Well, once you're there, go enjoy yourself. Rebuta did not intend that to be, uh, to be um, his focus. And Memela, um, Rava will be of the opinion that Rabbi Yehuda would still not allow a person to benefit by a lay efshar, even when um, there was no other place to go. And we will hold it here for today. Tomorrow... We will, f- we will focus in on this machlaikas between Abaye and Rava, uh, you know, as far as, is it Mutter or Aser? Uh, when you have these, uh, these the, the Efshers and the, kamis, and the Kamishavins, and um, we're also going to get into a very interesting, uh, tomorrow's daf is going to be primarily focused on, now that we said that forbidden benefits 
are, you know, you shouldn't have kavana for. What about things that are in the base Hamikdash? We know that things are heptish, you're not allowed to have benefit from. Am I allowed to benefit from the delicious smells of the base Hamikdash, the sounds of the Leviim? Right? If I'm not allowed to benefit from forbidden sounds, what happens by the hektish, uh, by things that become kardish, is it considered a mile behektish? Also, a fascinating sugya, similar to what we're discussing now, keeps along the same theme, moves along pretty smoothly, and Be'ez Hashem, uh, tomorrow night we'll pick up same time, same place.